and welcome. Hello and welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. My name is Joelle and I'm the Vibrarian. I'm your host here on the Vibrary Radio Network. And every Tuesday, or just about every Tuesday, we're here interviewing people who are sharing their stories of how they discovered their psychic gifts and abilities. Now, the Vibrary Radio Network is part of the Blog Talk Radio family, and you can look at the programming and schedule and catch up with old episodes if you visit blogtalkradio.com slash the vibrary. And the vibrary is T-H-E-V-I-B-E for energy, R-A-R-Y. You can check out the programming and see what we've got coming up. And also, I would love for you to connect with me on my communities. I like to call the people I gather together the Good Vibe Tribe. As we know, your vibe attracts your tribe, and I have some pretty amazing people that are connecting with me out in social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can connect with me at The Vibrarian. Now, I used to be a librarian in my corporate life, working in law firms and such as that, but now I'm working in high vibrational information, things that I hope are elevational, uplifting, and ultimately empowering you to live your best life possible. You can find The Vibrarian at T-H-E-V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. Now, if you have a funny meme or a picture or an inspiring story that you want to share, please tag Good Vibe Tribe. Share it on my Facebook page because I would love to spread that energy to as many people as possible. We see so much that is shared that is kind of negative at times. And every time that we spread a smile that directly counteracts that and spreads love and light everywhere we go. So please do reach out to me. On our show this evening, you can listen live on your browser or PC on your mobile browser, or you can call at 646-668-8988. If you have a question during the show about the the story that we're going to be getting into in the interview, definitely press 1, and I will bring you on the air. Now, uh, on many of our shows, the guests do offer free psychic readings. Those will not take place until the last segment of the show, so somewhere um, probably around 10, 1030-ish. So those of you that are holding, I can already see the phone lines are filling up this evening. Um, I will get to you as soon as possible if you have a reading. And there is a chat room available as well if you're on the Blog Talk Radio site. And I'm monitoring that in case you have questions or any curiosities that you wish to have answered. Now, I am just beside myself with excitement (laughs) because tonight's guest I think is probably hails from the furthest location that I've had anyone on the show. Uh, She comes from beautiful Ireland. So I'm really excited about that, and I'm second I'm excited because I have seen her name around Atlanta. Uh, she's well-known in the psychic community. I've seen her in magazines and some of the metaphysical magazines. She's been at different stores and psychic fairs, and most recently she was teaching a class that, I, unfortunately, I was so disappointed because I would have loved to attend. 
But I would love for you all to be introduced to my guest this evening, Irish medium Yvonne O'Brien. Yvonne, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. Well, let me see if we have her on the line. Yvonne, are you able to hear me? Yes, I can I can hear you, Joelle. Can you hear oh, me? Yes, I can hear you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you and welcome to the Psychic Inside Show this evening. Thank you. I'm delighted to be to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me. Well, this is a, quite a wonderful experience for me. As I said, I'm very excited to have you on. And you actually are hailing from the Emerald Isle, I suppose it's called, from Green yes. Ireland, which I always That's think of Ireland as being quite a magical place. Would you agree that there is much magic <laughs> Yes, oh, absolutely. I think uh, most Irish people will tell you that um, we we believe in most things. Um, primarily, people in Ireland are Catholic, but we also believe in fairies. You know, the myths and legends of the leprechaun, um, the a lady known as the banshee, fairy rings. Lots that were very superstitious as well, you know. So most Irish people will never walk under a ladder, if you know what I mean, for example. So I'm, I'm very afraid of ghosts, or we'll mention, we'll tell you every house they know on the street that's haunted, for example. So uh, very open people. Um, you'll be um, very impressed if you someday make it to Ireland. Well, I definitely hope to. And what I saw in your bio and learned about you is that you are a second, possibly third generation um, intuitive psychic medium. So your mother was a practicing um, psychic medium as you were growing up, correct? That is correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And married to a man who wasn't really a whole lot into it. So <laughs> that was even more interesting. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, and my granny, my mom's mother, back in her day was just very knowing. You know, they didn't really call them psychics then. They just uh, called them the woman who knew everything and everybody was very wary of her and you know she lived in this kind of cul-de-sac and like you know stay away from her or whatever you know um, and she did dowsing for water and stuff like that because they had wells in the countryside where they lived you know but yeah my mom my mom started reading when I was about 13 years of age oh okay so was it commonplace before she was reading that you kind of had then a psychic awareness? Were you born and recognizing some of your gifts as commonplace at that particular time then? Um, I, I'm not too sure if if it was very common, but as a child, um, we grew up in my grandparents' house and I used to um, constantly at nighttime see faces. I was typically scared of the wardrobe, you know, don't leave the wardrobe open, stuff like that. Um, but I always look back and think how funny it was because I, I used to see faces just outside the window. And at least, you know, I just think after a while, well, that was kind of a bit odd because my bedroom was on the second floor and how could the faces mm. just be at the window? You know, wouldn't they have been pretty tall kind of thing? <laughs> um, and I didn't 
you know, and I just didn't sleep for a long time as a kid, you know, and um, like most parents, they went through the normal stuff, or maybe we'll take her to the doctor or see if it's a psychological problem. I remember one going through one uh, doctor who actually hypnotized me to try and train me into sleeping, uh, but it wasn't until I was given these um, cassette tapes by a psychologist that I finally got to sleep, you know. Um, but, yeah, so, so very much aware of other beings and stuff, particularly when the, when it got dark, you know. Well, I can imagine, I can't imagine looking out of your second-story window and seeing <laughs> a face of someone, you know, whether it was smiling or not, I can imagine that would be rather disruptive. Uh, so clairvoyance was something then that you were mm. experiencing just very naturally, if you had to mm. look at your psychic gift presentation. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people talk about um, clairvoyance uh, being that you can see, uh, clairaudience where you can hear, clairsentience where you can feel. Um, I did see a a lot of unusual things as as a very little, uh, small kid. I was always very um, intrigued by people as well, so I think that was there. And I was very fascinated with churches and nuns and all that kind of stuff. So I was beginning to think I was a little bit different, if that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, because I remember our church in, I, I grew up in a little town outside Dublin, Ireland, which is the capital. And our church was like a 17th century big Gothic stone church and I was fascinated with this building and I used to just sit there and look at it you know and my mum was very um, with the nuns and the convent was linked to the church and she would go visit them and they would give me sweets and stuff so uh, I used to be amazed with their outfits and that they lived there and that they were in prayer all day long I, I just thought it was all fascinating you know definitely I mean so between religion and then seeing spirits and ghosts, was there any right. conflict in that? Um, I didn't really think so. It kind of uh, blended them because we have this kind of, uh, remember I was saying earlier that Irish were superstitious, that they believe mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. certain like, death comes and freeze, you know. Uh, the, another superstition that they have, which kind of blends the two, is that if a holy picture falls off the walls in Ireland and doesn't break, it means somebody's going to die or somebody has just died. So that kind of blends the two together. And that actually did happen when I was a kid. My mother had a holy picture of the Blessed Mother on the wall. And I mm-hmm. remember it cra- I remember it vividly crashing down on the floor and then the phone ringing about like less than 10 minutes later to say that mm-hmm. her dad had died, you know. And the picture was perfect. It had the glass didn't break, nothing broke. It just came off the wall. So I think that's kind of an unusual blend that you know that um um and the church the church in Ireland was quite I guess different. It wasn't very um there were people still going and stuff like that and uh I my kind of thing as I grew up was that I kinda had to keep the two together. I couldn't separate myself from God and and be a spiritualist. I, I had to still believe that this 
gift came from God because I was seeing so many unusual things that quantified a God in my readings. Um, mm-hmm. And a couple of, years, couple of years ago, I said to myself, okay, um, I had an injury in my shoulder. I was like, if I'm not meant to be doing this work, you know, uh, I'm laid up and injured my shoulder, then, you know, everything will go away. And I had to take all these ibuprofen and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be on my back for a reading. Uh, I mean, for, for a reason. And a couple of days later, I had um, somebody booked for a reading. And I was like, oh, I really think I need to cancel this. Um, because I was taking too many pain pillars, and I got the message, don't cancel it, don't cancel it. And I had so many pain cutters, and I thought, well, how am I going to connect, you know? But mm-hmm. it came through, and it was came through really strong. So that's the other question sometimes people ask, well, if you're on painkillers and stuff, how come you can't dream and stuff like that? If you're meant to have a channel from the other side, it's going to come true no matter what. And mm-hmm. I always hope, I always hold these rosary beads. I have several different types of rosary beads, and I always bring them with me um, to make sure I'm connecting to the divine and the white light, and I'm not giving wrong information to people. I mean, mm-hmm. so I see, I see the two of them as parallel, you know, yes. um, particularly for the gracious gifts I've been given. And I get, I think there, that holy places like churches have some wonderful energy and some healing. So many healing can be done there. So I always encourage people to go into these places and not necessarily run away from organized religion. You don't have mm-hmm. to participate in the service. You know, just go into the building and experience, decide for yourself, you know? Yes, absolutely. That I mean, one thing that I hear commonly is that when people are children and they're starting mm-hmm. to have uh, clairvoyance or clairaudience or encounters with uh, uh, other dimensions, that there is a reaction then from a, a kind of religious conflict in the adults right. around them sometimes that then sure. leads to a period where they then repress or try to um, squash or cure themselves of these things. And uh, sometimes it causes sure. quite a bit of pain, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, and and the child coming to accepting themselves as an adult. But I always am, am really heartened to hear stories of people who did not have to go through that where it was not a condemnation or judgment or anything like that that um now i'm assuming with your mother then Mm. beginning to do readings and see clients as you are entering your teenage years you learned a lot then from observing her um would that be a fair assessment Oh, absolutely, you know, and and to be fair to my mom, my mom was always, you know, very open to kind of what's happening here with me, and she was having all these interesting things go on with her too, and she wanted to explore what that was, and she started taking classes, um, and then she started tarot card reading, and then eventually she let go of the cards. And because of my mom's side of work, I got to meet a lot of different psychics as a teenager, and I got to have loads of different readings. I had like tea, I had my tea leaves read, I had Pam readings done, Cristobal readings. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Now, of course, all this was without my father's knowledge, because like I was saying earlier. 
he didn't necessarily agree with this, and he never let my mother do readings in our house. It was a no-no mm-hmm. uh, zone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you're always, you know, you're always going to get people there that think this is not of God, or you shouldn't be dabbling with that, you know. And mm-hmm. I've never, I can never ever dabbled with a Ouija board um, because when I was in secondary or high school. There were a group of uh, girls in my school that did have a Ouija board, and our principal addressed the entire school one day, and I'll never forget it. And he warned Mm. everybody that one of the girls wasn't coming back because something had happened and that nobody was to go near a Ouija board, and that just scared the life out of me. (laughs) I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, Mm. (laughs) that's it. Even (laughs) if it's pink or white and it has hearts on it, no way. <laughs> right. So I, you know, so that's why I always like to stay in the light. And I, do, I always need to make, make sure I'm not connected to any lower energies or, you know, bringing that stuff in. And I've never, ever participated in any kind of uh, thing that might be deemed as a seance or something like that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, there, there's so many different um, ideologies that are going to – nobody's going to accept everything that you do, you know. Yes, absolutely. So did you then, um, you learned from your mother from observation. Did you at some point then seek out your own kind of education path? And did you ever like go into a traditional vocation when you came of age and graduated high school? Or have you always been kind of in the spiritual arts? Right. Um, this is a great question because I actually have one sister and one brother. And just to give you the background, my sister likes to get readings but doesn't never uh, follow this kind of uh, path. But my brother, since he was young, also acknowledges his dreams. So I was around, you know, my siblings. Um, and then when I started to grow up into like 15, 16, 17, my mom was trying to encourage me to go to what's called the spiritualist churches. And I was mm-hmm. edging off to college in England. I was going to be leaving Ireland, going to England. She was trying to get to encourage me to join these churches so that I could learn how to meditate and really take what I had to the next level. Um, unfortunately, I, being young, decided that I still like my dreams and getting readings, but I want to have a good time in college as well. So <laughs> it didn't quite happen in the speed my mother wanted. I really didn't, really didn't open up to a really new level until 2005 when I finally learned how to meditate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that was all in America. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so uh, so you know, I was I did move a little slower, but my dreams never went away. They're always since so vivid. Like I was having conversations with people at tables, having uh, a mug of coffee or a cup of tea. Or I was going on walks with people. They were all like. I could describe what they look like. And my mother would acknowledge, oh, yeah, that's your great uncle or blah, blah, blah. People I'd never even met, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So all of that continued to go on. I just never got into a professional group of people, uh, like-minded people, until 2005, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's funny that you said you didn't until you learned how to meditate. I will tell you that in terms of people developing, like, say, a personal spiritual practice, that is Mm -hmm. one thing I hear all the time is, I can't meditate. I don't know how to meditate. I can't hold still. I can't, you know, and it's such a challenge that people kind of, it it almost like it becomes its own block then when you bring up the word meditation, uh, you know. But I, I guess I had to learn that meditation can look like a lot of things, you know. For some people, walking uh, yep. helps them free their mind into a meditative state rather than what you see when they're, like, sitting in the lotus position in this beautiful zen-like space. Most people yeah. will throw in the towel and yeah. say, I just can't do it. <laughs> I, I and, and and I can Joel, I completely agree with you because the very first meditation I had was actually in the same room that I met you in East Point in, in Georgia. And I the same thing happened to me. I hated it. I was like, I can't do this. I cannot focus on the candle or focus on my breathing. I left there after an hour, my back was hurting me. It's like I was felt more like upset than anything. It really wasn't until I Met, came to the Horizon Healing Center uh, in, on Roswell Road and learned how to do guided meditation. That I was like, this is mm-hmm. for me. This is it. You know, I can do this. <laughs> these are like taking me to these amazing places and I can feel I'm really there. I have no, no human-like qualms. All of my baggage has been left behind. And, and I was vibrating at this, high level after 10 minutes and I was like wow I can do this you know mm-hmm, um, and then, mm-hmm. you know and I really agree with what you said about the, about the walking as well and some of the classes I teach people that if you can't sit still or even do guided meditation number one lie on the bed just before you go to sleep try it then if that still doesn't work go out for a 10 minute walk um, you can bring your dog too. Some people ask me, no pets. Like, yeah, bring your dog. Just don't bring your cell phone or your mobile phone. That's a no-no, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you have to be able to lose yourself or go off somewhere nice and quiet and go, oh, look at that beautiful bird there. Hear the birds singing. Admire the trees. It's 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 yes. taking to just trance-like state, and you get some amazing information. This clarity you know comes you know so definitely recommend you know thank you well you know what I one day it clicked for me I went to have a float therapy session you know at one of those uh, flotation tanks things where it's all completely dark and completely quiet and I was floating along there thinking, this isn't working, this isn't working. I'm still thinking, this is, you know, all the thoughts are running through your mind. And then at some point, I don't know what happened, but I heard myself snore. <laughs> so apparently I had gone past the thinking place. And once I became aware of the kind of void space of actual non-thought, from that point on, it was like it clicked. And I knew how to get back to that place once I had kind of been led to it. It became like a familiarity that I had never connected before. And, I, you know, I guess everybody needs that kind of one good time when you realize, oh, I, I was there. And then you have like a little roadmap, I think, for getting yourself, <laughs> you know, back to that zen-like state of receiving 
you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, okay. um, mm-hmm. well, I would say, in, so in your meditative practice, you already were mm-hmm. seeing and dreaming and hearing right. the clear senses. So then right. when uh, you were able to attain more of a, um, a meditation practice, how did that shift your your connection and your gifts? Well, it's kind of, there's actually a funny story behind this because in 2005 when I uh, when I joined the Horizon Healing Center, uh, which has uh, since closed down, uh, Joanne, the director from uh, California, has retired. Um, when I joined this class and she taught me how to do guided meditations, uh, she wanted me to do her advanced intuitive development uh, where you learn how to do aura readings and stuff like that. And she was teaching me these aura readings. And uh, the funniest thing happened, She kept, I kept saying to well, Joanne, I, I was trying to follow her program, but I kept saying to well, there's a man standing over there, and this is what he looks like, and blah, blah, blah. And she, we laughed about it soon after because we figured out, well, Yvonne's readings are going to be different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the one who encouraged me, you know, like we need to start this group thing month to month, and you do these short readings, and you tell them who's standing there because I was very strong on the seeing. Um, I don't believe every medium or uh, psychic um, is strong on all the clairs. Sometimes I'm very mm-hmm. challenged to hear. And in other readings, I, I can't see them, but I can hear, like, there's an echo going on in the room, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think um, really from the guided meditations, it just went, it kicked it up a huge notch of growth for me, um, particularly as, you know, we were just sitting in this nice energy. It was protected. You were with like-minded people. You felt safe. You could share things that you possibly couldn't share in general public, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it just went very, very fast from there. And it took my dreams to a whole new level as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of never looked back. There's, there's never a kind of a gone, like, has been turned off like only very briefly like I said when I injured my shoulder I went oh god what's going on you know um so I think it's it's I think psychic gifts are are basically ingrained in all of us particularly the into intuition piece but I don't think Mm -hmm. everybody acknowledges them or get caught up in the day-to-day of like I have to go to work I have to get get into the car now I have to be there at 8 15 go 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 you know and when you're not not in that, when you're in that stress state, not relaxed, you can't really pay mm-hmm. attention to your own intuition. You can't see the truth right in front of you. You make mistakes. You say like you don't see like yourself, you know, and stuff like that. You know. Absolutely, I, I that's one of my reasons for bringing these this show to the air mm-hmm. is because I believe, of course, that everyone is psychic. You just may not recognize it. And so in sharing stories and hearing from people like yourself, I think it gives a wonderful mm-hmm. way for people to identify um, because certain things like, oh, you hear all the time, a mother's intuition. Oh, a mother just knows. And that's accepted. Right. That doesn't give anybody any woo-woo feelings, right? Or they said, oh, I just had a gut right. punch. 
then that doesn't give anybody any heebie-jeebies. But if you start saying, well, I'm psychic and I heard my grandfather singing hymns to me, then it takes it like a step too far for people. (laughs) When they're like, wait a second, now you're getting into something that makes me somewhat uncomfortable or challenges my belief systems. But, um, you know, to me, um, it's part and parcel of the journey of self-discovery and awareness. Um, and right. nine times out of ten, people discount those inner things once they start to look at it with the logical mind. Like, you know, right. well, there's no reason that I felt that way. So then they'll explain it away. And, and I still catch myself doing that. I'll hear, like, get off at this exit. And I'll think, mm-hmm. well, there's nothing, on, you know, being in Atlanta, as you know, traffic is something you encounter in nearly random at any time of day or night. So, you know, one right. day I was riding around the bottom in perimeter and I hear a get off at this exit. And I looked ahead and I said, no, it's not a problem. It doesn't say anything on the signs. There's nothing to be worried about. And I just, it was a fleeting thought. I let it go. Not even, of course, before I could get off at the next exit, then the traffic jam came and I was 45 minutes sitting in one spot, you know, hitting myself on the head like you still saw, still small voice. You should have just listened yeah. to it, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, I will it's for, um go ahead. Oh, sorry. It, it's, it's very common what you said because either just – you don't want to listen to the voice that day or like, look, I don't have enough time today. You know, not today. Go away today and leave me alone. Kind of thing. Um, because a similar thing happened to me. I was like driving to, I, I, in my old life because most people who turn into full-time psychics or mediums do have an old life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a full-time job and I remember one day having to go to downtown Atlanta and there's two ways I can go, the back roads or the highway. And I remember being on the turn onto the highway and it was like this force was trying to get me to turn the driving wheel to the right. And I kept going, no, not today. I'm done today. I need to just get to work, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I literally went against the force. And I was like, it was so difficult. And of course, I made the left turn, went around the corner, went onto the bridge, and the entire um, highway was locked up. And I was like, I'm sorry. I get it. I'm going to be mad at me now. I'm going to be mad at me. Because the force was so strong. Go. I was literally Mm -hmm. going against the steering wheel, you know. So, yeah, some days you just, you know, that's it. You know, I don't want to do with it today. Right. You know, a lot of people... um, what is this? There's a phrase that I hear. Okay, everyone is psychic, but not everyone is a medium. Right. So yeah. me- mediums are uh, acting then as a uh, message uh, channel mm-hmm. for yep. loved ones or discarnate uh, people. Uh, used to be people, or in some right. cases, I've had heard people who are uh, connecting with extraterrestrial and uh, extra dimensional, oh. and of course, angel beings, and are acting as mediums sure. for those energies. So, when you started see, of course, you were seeing faces as a child and seeing these interactions. When did you start to like really consciously then engage in? 
why are you here kind of conversations and, and what did that look like for you? Right, right, right. I mean, and that, that's a brilliant question. And you're absolutely right. Um, it is, everybody is intuitive and psychic. Not everybody can take the next jump to being the medium or the mediator. I know it's kind of negative sounding, but uh, between the person who's crossed over and the person who's sitting here, you know, um, mm-hmm. it really started, you know, my dreams are always very vivid. I always felt like, well, they're not really dreams. These are like visitations, you know, I'm usually mm-hmm. going into some weird space. Um, you know, and you you mentioned earlier, I just want to, I'm hopefully not going off on a tangent, you mentioned earlier that sometimes uh, you try to share something with a person and they've gone like, react to you like you've gone one step too far. I always mm-hmm. suggest to people that if you really need to share something with them and you've even been to see a medium, don't tell them you saw the medium. Tell them, you know, I had a dream last night. Because for some reason, nine tenths of the ten, ten people will accept you had a dream, you know? Um, yeah. You can tell them, <laughs> I had a dream last night, and guess who was in it, you know? And then they, and most people it will even, they won't even discount it. They'll even think about it, you know? Um, so I always say to them, think about that if you have, if you have, mm-hmm. uh, you might not be get through to, and then back to the thing about kicking it up to being a, a medium, um, it is tricky because when I did do that first reading at the Horizon Healing Center and Joanne said, okay, Yvonne's readings are going to be a bit different, um, do spend a couple minutes saying, well, this is what they look like. And then you're waiting for the message. And it depends on the person's, you know, sometimes I can go into describing every inch that's on the person. And then finally, I will say what they're saying because I know the person who's deceased is waiting for the person to acknowledge that they know who it is, if you know what I mean. Okay? then uh, and other times it takes five seconds. His name is Joe. He crossed over nine years ago, and he knows me very well. You know, um, mm-hmm. because they are ready, and they all they thought about that morning was Joe, 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 and we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. so it's it's almost like they intuitively know we got to go really slow with this particular person, or we're we're going to go fast. They always do have lots of messages. Sometimes people think they just want to come in and um, say hello, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Why in my lifetime of people, um, when they've called me and I've told them I do psychic and medium readings, and only twice, and I remember them both times very vivid, have people said to me, well, I don't have anybody crossed over. And both times my initial reaction was like, Oh really? <laughs> um, and both times I went like both times I went. You know these the only two people that I can remember in all my readings, and on both occasions we spent ninety percent of the time in mediumship with people that they for that they had forgotten about, and one lady was actually her father. And I don't know how oh. her reaction was. I don't have anybody crossed over, and I was like, "Your dad? How did we forget about mm-hmm. him?" You know. <laughs> you know, 
And I think it was more so that they just thought that they didn't bring information. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, and her mm-hmm. father went through this, 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 and this. We had like, we must have went through so much information. Um, she kept writing. I was like, just keep writing, just keep writing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So um, often people don't think that they have, that they want to share much, but they seem to know about things that have yet to happen and this talk of linear time time not being mm-hmm. linear, you know, uh, because it's fact that's, that's how if, if any of your uh, people listening to are thinking about becoming a medium or um, full time, it really is a fascinating life because you learn so much about things you can't even comprehend. You know, I'm still trying to figure out, well, how does this work? And you're forever learning. You're, you're never an expert. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I mean, you're talking to me (laughs) in that statement, because honestly, Mm. um, you know, when I've developed in my psychic abilities to varying degrees and, but I kept then when I would be talking to people, they say, well, you're a medium, you know, they say you you could be a medium if you choose to. And I would, you know, be thinking, okay, I had a fear then about mediumship um, to where I, I I didn't quite understand, but the whole idea then, um, I had a couple of people who were practicing mediums who actually had some kind of bad or rough experiences, and so they were somewhat mm-hmm. cautionary in saying, you know, before you open up to that, make sure that you're sure. So I had to kind of unbundle where the nature of my fear was because I had heard my grandfather singing hymns to me as one of my first experiences in a reading, and I didn't have any challenge with that. But when it came to the idea then of being open in general or doing that professionally, you know, and that's still something I think that I'm growing through because there is, you know, a concern. People say, making sure that you're opening up to the right energy, you know, making mm-hmm. sure you have the right practices and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like you don't want to go be a bull rider without having had some training about riding bulls. You don't want to just say, oh, sure, I'm going to hop on that old thing and, and be bucked off and I'll survive, you know. So um, for people who – how would you describe then – because it's really a spiritual gift. You're helping people because you're bringing right. information from loved ones. Did you right. ever have any fear about it? Um, you know, uh, uh, it, it's interesting, interesting you, you bring that um, aspect of it up. Of it. Um, I strangely have to go back to the Catholic Church and not from a fear-based. Uh, one of the first things my mother gave me, uh, when I was experiencing the different faces and stuff in the bedroom was a little prayer by St. Michael, the archangel. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who this guy was. All I knew is that he had these big wings and he had the mm-hmm. sword and he could protect anybody. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> so she gave me, and I still have the little prayer to this day, and I've shown it in some of my classes. It's in two pieces now. I should have probably laminated it a long time ago. But um, <laughs> to cut a long story short, but I always brought him in, and I, and I had this incredible um, understanding um, of this amazing winged angel. And so I thought nothing could ever harm me. And on strange occasions, 
when I would be coming up against some weird energies during the night because often I have dreams about people before I have the reading um, or mm-hmm. experiences in my home the night beforehand and certain stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of it will be quite dark because uh, we may be dealing with, you know, God forbid, we may be dealing with murders, suicides, mm-hmm. all kinds of strange things. Um, but mm-hmm. I've always had Michael there to protect me. So I've only had a couple of weird things. Like I woke up one morning with a handprint on my face um, and I oh, was scratched. Wow. Uh, and it was funny because you go into this kind of shock and you think, God, afterwards, why didn't I take a photograph of that? Well, you know, I was too kind of shocked to think about that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I made mm-hmm. you just put some makeup on, you know. Um, and it was just, um, so, uh, and, and any time I'm feeling that thing weird is coming and I always uh, call out to Archangel Michael or I've gone into this, different um, uh, energy or this different dimension because you can go some fascinating places in your sleep. Um, I always call out to Archangel Michael, I've never, ever been harmed. So when when I think of fear, when you said fear, those are the only things that I feared once I opened up that God, could something happen to me, you know? Um, right. But I always felt back in Archangel Mike, and I've never ever been harmed. And to this day, I don't use sage either. A lot of people like sage. I I have my rosary beads, and I use my Native American guides to march around the property and different things like that that work for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I've always had this tremendous faith that once I once I was looking out for other people, no harm would ever come mm-hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. that's that's what I kind of fall back on well that's beautiful I think that thank you you know the gift of peace for one Mm -hmm. to act as the conduit of messages that are for the help and benefit of those who hear them um, Mm -hmm. you know that is a calling and um, those that step into that full time, I think that that is just beautiful. You know, it's like any priest or a nun or any a doctor, healer, anyone else who goes into something that is of great responsibility. This is not a parlor room tricks or things of that nature. You know, to me, this is quite serious business. And from what you're sharing, you've spent time educating yourself and uh, mm-hmm. practicing in your gifts and and really take it quite seriously as a, as a path from what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, you have to be able to laugh at yourself too because you want to make sure you never really go into ego, you know, or kind of make sure, you know, uh, you don't try to enforce your way upon people, you know. You try to get mm-hmm. the information across and... If they're having a tough time with it, I would say to them, look, I'm going to leave it with you. You think about it and you decide when you're ready kind of thing, you know. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, and if, if I'm running into situations in readings where I, pe- I feel like people don't want to talk to in because I don't call specific people. I open the door and I see who's mm-hmm. there. And I think mm-hmm. that's better for me because then the healing that needs to take place will take place then, um, and then they're in control, 
I'm never supposed to be in control. I'm just the go-between, you know. Um, so, you know, I have to be able to laugh at myself sometimes, you know. <laughs> well, you know, people, I I appreciate the show Long Island Medium for what it is. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. that show or not. Yeah. But, you know, it's really brought a mainstream kind of um, view of psychic mediums. But most of the psychics that I say that, you know, cold reading where you would come up to someone who's like your waiter or waitress or at a store or in public, that is probably the least likely thing that you would be doing in terms of doing doing readings for someone. Is that fair to say in your experience as well? Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I, I have done it a few times, I have to be honest with you, but only when mm-hmm. I've been pushed to push. And I, I will give you a real-life exact, this is exactly how this particular day went down. I was meeting somebody at a cafe, and I don't normally, I don't meet too many people at a cafe, but it just seemed to be a, a good go-between for us. And we had finished our reading in the back of the cafe, as you do. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I was about to leave, and I saw these two gentlemen sitting at another table. And I could have sworn this lady said to me, go over there, go over there. And I'm like, what? You know? Um, and it's like, you know, so I, I, I won't get the nod in a crowded space unless I have complete certainty you know um so Mm -hmm. i i was completely sure so i proceeded to go out of the cafe and i get into my car and i hear the lady's voice again go back in there you know and then i tried to start up my car my car wouldn't start and i was like okay i get Mm -hmm. it and i go back Mm -hmm. in there and they told me exactly Mm -hmm. which guy i was to talk to and he was from new york and the Strange enough, although it was a lady talking to me, the message then was to do with a friend of his who had been tragically killed years earlier. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I delivered it in the neutral perspective I could, standing there in the cafe, and Mm -hmm. gave my car and said, no, (laughs) you want to talk to Mm -hmm. me? Give me a call. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And, And... I didn't know what he made of me, but he listened, and his friend was, friend was doing a bit of nodding, you know. So, mm-hmm, <laughs> and then I went outside, and my car started up, and I was like, thank you. <laughs> now I'm, so. You did <laughs> so, your job now. <laughs> I did my job, so my car would work, you know, and I... I've worked on cold cases as well, and you know, I've, I've had my car cut out sometimes in the middle of driving when I'm going through. Uh, twice it happened to me when I was going through places that were very connected to cold cases that I was working on. I was like, I get it, and that's why I always kind of keep a little notebook with me in the car. But, but of course, I recommend to people, you know, keep your eye on the road and don't get too distracted. Mm-hmm. But information can come to you in a car because you're monotonously driving and you're going into a kind of a trance-like thing, you know? Mm. I was going to ask you if you had done any uh, kind of psychic detective work, so I'm glad you mentioned that. How do they... How do you, does the police say, call and say, this is investigator so-and-so and and we'd like for you to look (laughs) at this case, or how does that work? (laughs) Well, it's, you know, I laugh at this because the 
sheriff's departments or the police did. Uh, and and here's my kind of approach to it. Um, I, and strange enough, while my father, because I, I have to, I have to bring it back that you choose your parents. Your parents are the best ones for you. While my father, I early, earlier said, didn't really agree with what we were doing. He was helping mm-hmm. me indirectly because at age 12 and 13, we used to go to Spain on our summer holidays, and he used to bring all these detective cold case magazines. And I, mm. I never dogged me until I was in 30 or 40. Like, that was kind of odd that that's all we read on the beach, you know, was mm-hmm. <laughs> true crime magazines <laughs> sitting on the beach in Spain, you know. And we were, and, and he got me fascinated with people like Jeffrey Dahmer and stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> so, uh, you know, so he did me a favor. And, you know, later years... Years and years passed, and I actually connected with his mother that I never knew, you know, and who tragically died in a suspicious accident herself, you know. So then I mm. wondered, oh, was my father into the cold cases because something had happened to his mother, you know? Right. Um, and so I naturally was kind of drawn to it from having a fascination of kind of solving puzzles, I guess, from a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the natural draw at most mediums or psychics will have a natural draw to people, like they're fascinated by them, you know. They're like, mm-hmm. wow, what's going on in your life? Particularly elderly people. I loved elderly people. I was like, yeah, tell me some more, you know. Um, so the cold case thing, um, we never, I've never had a sheriff or the police officer to call me directly. Somehow, indirectly, we get to them, uh, like the way mm-hmm. we made. And I... I do in my classes in I do a road to mediumship one level two, and it starts mm-hmm. out because a group of ladies who took my class, I show them missing we 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 cover missing children or missing people as part of the class, mm. and mm-hmm. at the end of the first time I did that in 2014, the lady said, you know, we like this work, maybe maybe we should do something with this, you know, mm-hmm. and. We started up a small group and kind of took it from there, and it's kind of our give back. You know, we've never charged mm-hmm. for that, you know, um, because we do believe we should help um, families and people in very tragic situations like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so have you been able to, is there anything that you can share, um, that, like an incident that you were assisting or that had a, I guess a re- resolution, I'm sure it's not always a positive resolution, but. Yeah, I, well, I can, I can, I can talk on a generic level, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and the first yes. thing that popped right in front of me, because I'm looking at him right now, is just, I was recently in Ireland, I'm back in the States now, and the week before I was traveling back to the States, um, my schedule kind of mysteriously became kind of blank, and I thought, I thought, okay, when that happens, I know something's coming, if you know what I mean, like things were moving Mm -hmm. out of the way, and I thought, okay, this is interesting, Um, and my two children in the town I was staying with my mom, uh, we were driving back from like soccer or football practice on Saturday morning, pointed out to me a poster outside the post office, and they stayed, my two children, who are only uh, seven and ten, said, Mom, look at that poster then. It was a poster of a young man who was missing in my very town. And I mm. thought, okay, this is interesting. 
interesting my kids have brought this to my attention. Um, and mm-hmm. from there, it just kind of snowballs that I was starting to see him. And I started to be, uh, the posters started to be everywhere. I was like, and then I was saying, I get it. You want me to work on this? You've shifted my whole mm-hmm. schedule around. You know, here mm-hmm. we go. And uh, and basically, cut a long story short, I still wasn't 100% sure. One day I said, okay, for some reason I don't want to, I don't know the police department in this in Ireland at all. I want to talk to somebody else first. So I was drawn to go get to to the store to get my favorite pan of chocolate because I have a thing for chocolate. I smell it. It's drawing me in. And there, as I went to the counter to pay, was a poster lying on the counter. And the lady moved her hand ever so strangely off the poster to reveal that on this poster there was a number for an actual lady that wasn't at the police department. There was an actual cell phone number of somebody that was separate. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I get the message. And I went mm-hmm. back and I did a med- meditation of the young lady and we worked on it and, and he and he was found. Mm-hmm. Well, that is wonderful. I mean, I love how the alignment, you know, that that's the thing of... of when they say eyes to see and ears to hear, like you've become aware of, like when you said your schedule cleared. Uh, most people right. in a normal response of focused on, say, the 3D would be like, oh, my schedule's cleared, da, 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 right? But you pause, right. like, okay, they're, I'm waiting to see because clearly there's something coming my way. And then the repeating, the repetition of the presence of being aware of the signs uh, and then being willing then to be the conduit for that conversation. Uh, That to me just looks like a beautiful road to be on as a constant way of being and approaching the world. Yeah, and it's actually quite uh, funny, um, Joelle, because if you are called to be a medium um, or to take your gifts to the next level, and I say this very positively, you actually won't have a choice. Um, so what I mean by that, you're there for service. So you can try. It's a little bit like Ghost. If anybody's watched the movie Ghost, you know, uh, with with <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, with with our favorite Patrick Swayze, you know, and yeah. uh, Whoopi Goldberg. She says, "Leave me alone," you know. Uh, so she didn't have a. She didn't have a choice, right? It's similar to mm-hmm. like that. They will start booking you or singing. Uh, what did he, what did he, what do you used to sing to every Arthur Henry VIII? I am, I am. You know, he kept singing. To yeah. Him, you know? <laughs> It'll be like that. You know, like go away. No, I'm not going to go away. Go away. You know? So, mm-hmm. um, and but when you do that, accept that calling. I actually found out that the police department after making the connection were a lot more open to it than I thought you know so Mm -hmm. my fears were actually kind of unfounded but you know when I went to the family and then to the police department they were very open and we were we were able to target sadly he was not uh found Mm -hmm. uh uh you know it wasn't it wasn't a happy ending for the family um Mm -hmm. but um they did 
get to mourn him, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that was, that, that was very, very important, you know. Um, so I do say to people, mediums don't necessarily solve the cases we the police departments or the sheriff's departments do, but we certainly can help out to look at things in a different way that doesn't seem logical. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like we've kind of crossed into a new era where mm-hmm. conversations like with the police departments or um, TV shows have started new conversations. Um, you've been psychically aware for a long time and w- did you notice a difference a, a flowering if you will of the whole area of psychic and metaphysical stuff well um i i guess i i tried to i try to put this to these as well i can um i think most I think most um, police departments or um, sheriff's departments um, are open to help. They they want to make sure that you have the person's best interests at heart. You know that you're not mm-hmm. fishing for something for yourself, or that you are really what you say you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and because you know they're they're by nature they're police. So they want to make sure mm-hmm. you're being honest and open and truthful. And I do think um you know, my mother was very aware early on um and she worked she tried to work with some policemen in Ireland back in the eighties who seemed to be quite aware but they would come to healing circles instead of talk about it in their police department. So there is a difference nowadays because TV has had a positive effect when you see these psychic detectives on TV, you know, mm-hmm. and these program and they see then they do these programs proving it that they knew where they were, that they were drawn to the energy. I think when you see that kind of results that anybody would say, well, you know, we would be mad to not try anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, especially when there's a, when there's such a thing, you know, with the missing persons, those to me are the mm-hmm. most um, emotionally um, charged kind of situation because I cannot imagine, you know, 20 years of, or forbid longer of not knowing ever what that fate of your loved one is or could have possibly been to be able to at least resolve on some level. I mean, if most people try anything. They try private investigators. They try doing their own detective work. They put posters. I mean, anything and everything they can do. So it doesn't seem like contacting a psychic would be far outside of the realm, but when you have the people who might have got 20 calls from people claiming to know, by the time they get to like a, a real uh, psychic or a person who's got a valid connection, not to say that all people who had the wrong answers were not psychic, they just may not have been connected uh, for that particular reading I guess at the moment but that has to be kind of fatiguing emotionally do you find in working as a medium that there is an emotional uh, component to that and if so how have you learned to manage that in your personal world 
Right. Um, yeah, that, that's that's quite tricky because, you know, my husband often says that I live somewhere other than Earth, you know. Um, mm-hmm. um, but so you have to be, it's similar to me, Jim, the TV program, you know, um, on the TV. We'd all mm-hmm. like to have that. We'd all like to have that supportive TV husband. Um, uh, where it gets tricky for other people that you're living with is that you can be very empathic, and I know that's a big word, but um, uh, empath is somebody who feels the emotions of other people. So your emotions mm-hmm. can be constantly changing, and you have to be aware to recognize this is not me, this is somebody mm-hmm. else. And it mm-hmm. takes a while for you to figure that out and then pass it on to the people around you. Look, it's not me. i am just gone into the zone, you know. Um, mm. uh, please be patient with me. It's really hard to actually put a hat on and turn it off. It is really hard to, to just not really a switch that you can just flip, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I know some media said that they don't like to have information before the reading starts. I actually prefer to have as much as I can prior to because I then have a better understanding what I'm going into. And I've been Mm -hmm. able to manage it in a way that I know, once I know these are not my emotions and they're for the good of the person, then I just write them down and we keep going, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I do get a lot of tears Mm -hmm. and I like to get it out in a church or somewhere like that and kind of leave it there and say my goodbyes. And the people never stay with me. That's another question that people wonder, oh, my God, I'm going to have 57 billion spirits just hanging out of me. You know, they don't. Mm -hmm. They they come in at the right time. Sometimes they come in early. Like I had one today that was in about a week ago, you know. Um, So, Mm -hmm. um, but... um, Sometimes they come in early, but after it's done, they're pretty much gone unless I didn't relay something I was supposed to or I was afraid to relay it, you know. Um, Mm. And once it's done, then they're gone. Um, And I've shed my tear for them at a church on Sunday. Um, There's no, there's that protective kind of, a clear wall I have between me and the situation. And I don't, mm-hmm. as a result of it, just because I'm working on cold cases or working on suicides or uh, unexplained deaths or tragic, I don't live a tragic life then as a result of it. I don't carry that energy. You know, I'm totally protected from it, you know? Well, you brought up an interesting point. You said if there was something you're afraid to bring out in the reading what kind of situation uh would that be well it it can kind of uh uh it can it 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 depends either i've not come across it before i'm trying to be quadruply certain that it is what i what i'm seeing because it's like watching a movie sometimes in a reading and it's not very it's not very scientific so if people are have logical brains I, I, I get a hint at the beginning I need to tell you you're on the upside of the brain you're going to, have to just follow along with me and don't try and analyze you know um, mm-hmm. so getting cryptic messages and sometimes when I've not come across it before and I'm not sure 
I might try to avoid it or I might not say the exact words and then they'll tell me later on that night, hey, you need to go back. You didn't, you tried to avoid this. Now we need to go back and just send her an email and just say, you know what? I forgot to tell you this. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes when people are sitting over you, their energy is pushing on you. So you have to kind of keep their energy off you and concentrate on the person who's standing in front of you, the crossover person. And mm-hmm. you're picking up off their energy that they don't want to hear this. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I either have to recode it or go, mm-hmm. oh, God, what are we going to do here? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, know, I know because they're sharing with me that it has to be said. But mm-hmm. if, if the other time, you know, I, I did have one lady one time that her father came in, and I can say this generically, obviously, because readings are confidential. And yes. he was consist- consistently saying this, 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 and this, and she was like, no, 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 no. Uh, she, she'd, gone into, she'd gone into her own trance, and she didn't want to hear a word of it. And I just said, after about 15, 20 minutes, look, today is obviously not the right time. Let's just leave it at and if you want to give me a call again, do, um, or I might not be the right person for you. Do you know what I mean? So when those things happen, I do get a little upset because that's kind of the opposite of me being afraid of saying mm-hmm. I said and it wasn't received, right? And, right. And sometimes I actually cry in the car over that because I know my, because I bring in my guides beforehand and I work with the archangels and I know that they're mm-hmm. all there and I, knew, I know from having them and certain codes I have with them that they wouldn't give me really radically wrong information. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. And I remember I cried over that one particular lady because I was like, oh my God, what have I done? You know? <laughs> and uh, I was going back to class that night and I thought, okay. I guess I'm supposed to use this example as a scenario for my class. And I was driving in and the phone rang and I heard a voice in the car pick up the phone. I'm like, I'm driving. So just as mm. I heard the phone, there was this place for me to pull in. I pulled in and I didn't recognize the number. And it was the lady that had been to see me that day. And I took a deep breath, like, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said, I wanted to call you because I talked to my sister. And I'm very sorry, she said. And I, once she said, I'm very sorry, I kind of relaxed. I was like, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to mm-hmm. have a happy ending, you know. And she said, I'm very, very sorry. Um, my father, X, Y, and Z, and I totally forgot that in X, Y, and Z. And that was him. And acknowledged everything I said because she had, was so upset, she called her sister, and her sister basically laughed on the phone and said, well, mm-hmm. where were you? Did you leave the room <laughs> or something? <laughs> so it was just on a physical sense, maybe she wasn't ready, while her spirit was ready to have the conversation. Maybe her physically body wasn't, you know. But right. that was great. That, that made me feel better, you know, that, okay, it was her dad. The sisters acknowledged everything. I'm glad you called her, and I'm glad I stuck with the information, you know? Yes. <laughs> you know, that is wonderful because, um, 
the when it comes to you, you know, mm-hmm. um, trust, 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 trust is such a big part of walking to me in the path of a realizing your your gifts and then using your gifts. And I think everybody kind of goes through a phase of doubting and questioning, doubting and questioning. It's like any job that you get, be it a 3D or or higher vibrational job, you know, your first day of work or your first couple weeks, you might have the nervous jitters and you want to check and make sure that you're doing everything competently and right. And so at some point when you're just like, this is guidance coming from angels, that's a huge trust exercise (laughs) and that it comes back and is validated then. Sometimes it isn't. I think that um, most people who deliver readings, sometimes you just never know um, because the person, it's very deeply private for the person who's getting a reading, you know, and it can be a very emotionally tender experience. And so sometimes there isn't that two-way dialogue where you're able to affirm that things were correct. But it sounds like when you have that trust that I did what I was to do, I did what spirit led me to do, I said what they said to say, and I leave it there you know, uh, right. rather than carrying it on then as a personal burden. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned is, of course, the ethics. And I definitely, I am so glad that you did because many people don't realize that if you are seeing a professional reader, then mm-hmm. there certainly is um, a dynamic of ethics and, again, trust because you're in the spiritual realm with someone as a as a partner in the exercise. It's kind of like being a priest and confessional, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. <laughs> so when, uh, when you go to a psychic reader, people are concerned then, but um, – the fact that you're not then sharing with everyone or even your husband that, oh, I just spoke with this person and they were doing blah, 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 it really is a serious kind of almost a um, a vow of this, this dynamic, being willing to participate in it, that it, it sounds like you take very seriously in your own work. And I know that you actually teach classes um I know in Atlanta, and some of those classes are dealing with mediumship and other subjects. Would you share a little bit about how you came into teaching and then some of the classes that you provide? Sure. Um, I, I and In a very in a weird and wonderful way, um, I started a class um, called Changing Your Life and Career with Archangel Michael, because he was the one who helped me transcend from my old life to my new life. And it wasn't until I had that enormous gratitude and looked back at everything he had told me to do. And once I did it and stepped through the door, everything was fine, exactly like he said it was, that I thought, wow, this is a class. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I understand he was the one telling me this, you know, but I was sitting in my basement and I started crying. I mean, as you do, my, like most people will laugh at this. It is true. We cry an awful lot, but, but crying is a good thing because I'm releasing, you know? Um, mm-hmm. 
I started crying because I had gotten this message. I was sitting there thinking about it, and I heard this message, because you believed in me, I came to you. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, you know. Thank God there was nobody there with me, you know. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. that stage the floodgates opened, you know. And yeah. I wrote I wrote, wrote the workshop like in four hours. Uh, and mm-hmm. I thought, you know, and it's a one day workshop and I'm probably I, I normally for some reason I, I do I schedule all the dates about when they tell me to, you know. So everything is based on feelings, and when I'm drawn, now it's time to do this. And they always tell me, um, put it out there, and they would come, and I kind of the right people show up, you know. Um, so when I I do Archangel Michael, tend to do is in June, July, in the summertime, you know, um, mm-hmm. and. It always reaffirms when I tell people, do this, 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 and this. And it's always, the career thing is pretty amazing because um, when I was moving out of my old life to my new life, I mean, there must have been about 50 to 100 signs right in front of me going, you know, the next one will come, the next one will come. And it's really not until somewhere between 75 and 80 when you really take it seriously, like, I get it, you know. <laughs> We're, moving. We're moving on. I get it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know, I learned from, from that whole move out of your old life into doing this full-time, this is your path for you, you know, and mm-hmm. that, you know, I'd been off track for a few years and it was time to to move into that and then I would be protected and I was, you know, but mm-hmm. you have to pay attention to those signs and then take the steps, you know. So I love that particular workshop because it always reaffirms the gratitude in me, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I teach other workshops on um, people, uh, teaching people how to take their intuitive development into the mediumship realm, uh, level one, level two, and I'm, currently uh, writing level three. Um, I mm. do a half-day half day workshop with Archangel Sandalfon, who is the Archangel oh. over mu- music and uh, teaching people, uh, taking messages to God. And I show people through music and meditation how they can rise into that vibration if they have a love for music taking them that direction. Um, and, and I find that's very interesting to help a different group of people again. Um, so, and I've done channelings as well with the Archangels, with Mother Mary, with other interesting people that have come in as well. And I find that those are fascinating, particularly when people call me and say, you know what happened? I recorded your channeling and this was on the news. And I did a very interesting one on, um, when Malaysia flight, um, 370 disappeared, I had a fascinating, because the topic was just so big, like, where is the plane, you know, where is, where could it be, you know, I had fascinating channeling, to this day, I, I think it was probably one of the best ones that ever came through, and I connected with some of the people that are on the plane, where it was, the whole experience I was feeling like I was there on the plane, and that really comes again from beginning with meditation and becoming very relaxed and then letting it just happen. And uh, and the more and more I do that, the more I become more fascinated, like, my God, 
can we transcend time and space a little bit like the interstellar kind of movie you know um yeah uh, there's so much you know we have to learn and i'm like okay you know what's the next chapter i'm ready you know well i had to giggle because my first uh, blog talk radio show was are we yet asleep and my first show was on the missing malaysian plane and oh, I was co-hosting with a couple friends, so I had to giggle because I said, oh, Spirit, you're talking to me? Because I, yeah. like you, was completely fascinated. I was kind of more coming from a, a conspiracy theory kind of, uh, you know, are you awake to the world around you? Uh, and that was, again, my first show. This is, of course, my second one a few years into my journey. But uh, Mother Mary and the the Divine Feminine has been a strong presence in terms of leading my personal path. So I I just feel like I'm talking with a sister. (laughs) You're talking a kindred spirit along the journey. So I'm so appreciative. I I did see your mediumship class that you just recently had in Atlanta, and it definitely struck my attention. And um, so you have some classes coming up. I know that you have a website that is um, undergoing some house keep some spring cleaning but uh people Correct. can connect with you <laughs> but through your facebook page in the meantime and so um your professional page is Yvonne O'Brien and um you people can find that just by searching for pages and you'll see a lovely picture is I think it's an angel isn't it um angel wings as part of your logo on that particular page and as well yeah. as I've got links to you on my page as well um, to in order to send people over to where they can find you. Um, and yeah. your website is Yvonne O'Brien, and that is Y-V-O-N-N-E-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Um, you That's can bookmark correct. that for a future date and in the meantime join her community on Facebook to stay abreast. That's where I saw the event announcement. I think a couple of my friends were saying mm-hmm. that they were going and I was like, oh, I didn't even know about that. But, you know, I'm not always connected to all the happenings and rely on what I see others to make me aware of that. Um, so you had that class this weekend. Do you have any other workshops immediately coming up in like the next 90 days at this point? Um, well, the next – so I, I turned to do um, my workshops – I'm sorry, workshops um, over certain periods. The next ones I'm going to be doing in Atlanta are going to be in the summer. Um, I am okay. going to run road. I am going to run the Road to Mediumship one again in July, and it's a two-day weekend workshop. And then I'm mm-hmm. going to run Road to Mediumship two, which is a six-week program, meeting once per week for two hours in the evening over the summer as well. Um, I'm just working out the finalization of some of the dates um, mm-hmm. because, again, I work on the energy with the dates and they kind of have to be right, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And in the fall, I'm hoping to launch Road to Mediumship 3 um, for all those that have taken two. And I will do the um, Changing Your Life and Career with Archangel Michael in probably July also. Um 
so some of those um, things I'm working out and if anybody has trouble finding me on Facebook if they put in Irish medium Yvonne O'Brien mm. I'll come up right away um, yeah. and you're absolutely, you're absolutely right about the wings there's a, there's a sword in the middle of it Kind of, I, I found mm-hmm. this picture years ago and I was like that's it if you know what I mean um, of Archangel Michael wings with the sword, and I was like, "That's the one." Yeah, so stuck ever since. Um, but yeah, I, I love doing classes. It also gives people that are meant to be in class, as opposed to a reading, an opportunity to come to class. And sometimes I know at the beginning of the reading, you don't need to be getting reading; you just need to come to class. You know, um, yeah. and I think the good thing about classes is there's a take-home value as opposed to a reading, because you shouldn't really technically be getting readings with mediums that often, if you know what I mean. Um, yes. You, you should be trying to grow and go see the medium, but maybe come see them again in six months or a year, you know. Um, but with a class, you get to go home and uh, do the meditations, do the exercise at home and grow, etc. And then may possibly um, have your own communication as well, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that has I think it has great value in that that you know, and then you know people want to be around like-minded individuals if they don't feel comfortable sharing the stuff uh, with other people. They want to find people who they can talk to. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's some of that is like the most healing is to just not to be afraid to say something because you're not going to be viewed as needing to go to the to the psychiatric hospital you know and for a lot of people that's what their initial conversation might be for people are you feeling all right (laughs) you know you need to go talk to somebody but if you're sitting around a group of people who are like you know um i'm getting I'm hearing and I'm seeing and I'm dreaming and I'm feeling and all those kinds of things. And you realize you're not the only one. It's quite lovely, you know. It's like getting a warm yeah. hug, really. <laughs> it is, yeah. Well, and I, maybe you want to you want to be feel comfortable, you know. Absolutely. I wanted to say we have several callers. You're at, you've had quite a a bank of calls who've been listening to the show this evening and uh, my screener. Thank you, Monica, for interacting with everyone. Um, We do have, uh, graciously, Yvonne has agreed to provide some free readings to our callers on the show this evening. And so we'll get ready to move into that space um, for the next several minutes. And um, so I do want to let everyone know that, of course, these readings are occurring in the public airways and public space. And so um, keep that in mind if there's anything that's encountered in the reading space that you do not wish to pursue, then absolutely speak up and we'll make sure that you contact uh, Yvonne for a private reading um, as well, and of course, understand that these are not uh, lengthy readings, and <laughs> we would ask that you be mindful of that, and uh, it'll basically be a one-question kind of uh, situation. But uh, Yvonne, before we start this segment of the show, is there anything that you would like to say to the callers who will be connecting with you for readings? Um, sure, sure. Um, so um, some, sometimes if they want to ask a question, uh, sometimes the answer can be very short. I'm, I'm hoping that they're okay with, uh, with that answer. 
sometimes they can be lengthy or sometimes there could be somebody standing in front of me who wants to talk about something different. I'm just asking people to try to be open to where we go, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because the more open that they are, the more we'll get important information. I'm not saying their questions are not important, but just saying that there might be something that somebody wants to push through with, okay? Um, okay. And just if they don't understand what I'm saying, if they could just write it down and maybe wait till tomorrow and then come back to it, particularly if we get names that they don't recognize, if they could just please still write it down and don't kind of dismiss mm-hmm. it, somebody around them may know the answer to the question, to what I'm saying. Okay. Well, excellent. So. We'll get started here for the readings with uh, Yvonne O'Brien, who is an Irish medium who is uh, living in between Atlanta and back and forth between Atlanta and Ireland. And um, so uh, gratitude for you, Yvonne, being willing to enter this space for our callers this evening. So our our first caller of the evening, uh, caller ending phone 9-3, is this Rachel? Hi, yes it is. Hi, welcome to the Psychic Inside Show. You're on with Yvonne O'Brien. Hi, Yvonne. Good to hear your voice. Okay, nice, nice to nice to talk to you, Rachel. Okay. Did you want to ask me a question or do you want me to just see who's here for you? Um, I'd like to just see who appears for me. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so bear with me one second as I just close my eyes, okay? Okay, real quick after I close my eyes, I saw this man. First of all, I got a very quick look at a woman, and I don't know why. I just got a very quick flash at her, okay? And then I got this man come from the room that I'm standing in, coming very, very close to me, okay? Um, He hasn't given me a name yet, but I believe he's either linked to father or father's side of the family because he keeps wanting to push me to that side of the family, Okay, um, let okay. me see what's going on. He's trying to tell me about a dog. Did you have a dog crossed over? Dog. I have. Okay, because he's trying to tell me about a dog crossed over. The dog is with him. Okay, hold on. Um, man, say, tell her everything will be all right. Tell her to calm down. Because he was giving me this feeling of tell her everything will be all right. Be calm. Okay? Um, one second. They're just showing me a little child now. So I, I, he's, he's still standing there, but I just got uh, a look at a little child. I don't know who the child is at this point, but just came in the center. Okay? Second. Um, and there's also another man here. This is kind of interesting or, or strange because he just came from the other side. Hold on a second. Um, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Um, Okay, I want to go back to the first man, okay? The first man is telling me he's with another man. They look like they know each other, like they're brothers or something like this, because they keep looking at each other, okay? And the other man has flowers in his hand, like he wants to give you flowers, like he knows you. Or um, The thing about the flowers is, is that is I feel like he's almost um, trying to um, embrace you or something. He's he's trying to be very nice to you. Okay, hold on. Okay. Um, 
Okay, this is kind of strange, Rachel. Um, I'm picking up a song that I only get. It's like a code for me. Um, when somebody's died very tragically, and it could be at the hands of another person, and I just heard the song. Okay, second. Um, and I'm getting some really weird twinges or pains in my head. I'm at the back of my neck now, and I'm trying to understand what's going on. Hold on a second. Um, I'm hearing the song again, okay? So I'm I'm convinced somebody died at the hands of another person or something tragic. Um, Okay. Somebody keeps saying brother, like somebody's brother. Um, I just keep hearing brother or brother. Okay, hold on. And now I can clearly see a guy standing in front of me who is Caucasian. He looks Caucasian to me. He has glasses on. He looks somewhere around. I'm going to try to put an accent age on him. Mid to late 20s to late 30s. Um, This is interesting. He's got glasses on, kind of chubby cheeks. Um, He's got pants and a shirt on. That's all I can see. I don't see any tie. Okay. Um, And there's another guy standing beside him who's really, really skinny and has short hair. He looks more teenager-like, if you mean um, teenager to early 20s, because he's got a real boyish-looking face. Um, I'm trying to understand where he comes into the picture, because he's standing right beside him. Okay, in a second. Um, um, Rachel, if you have um, your radio on in the background, I'm getting some feedback. Okay. I don't. I, I'm silent. Oh, okay. I have nothing on my house. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sometimes that can happen if, if spirits can do strange things with radio okay. waves and stuff like that. Okay. Um, one second. All right, I'm hearing that, Rachel, I'm hearing that music again, okay? Is there anybody close to you that may have died and we don't know the full story about what happened? Probably um, not that can come to mind. My mother just died in January, but I don't, it was from cancer, so. Okay, so yeah, don't tell me anymore. Okay, that might have been the lady who flashed at the very beginning. Do you remember I said I just had a flash of the lady, but then it went on to the man. Okay, um, I'm gonna just get you to write that down about the male. Um, the male that I was looking at didn't look that old. Okay, that I felt like there was some kind of tragedy around him. Okay, um, okay. And I feel if he's not, he's brother-like. Something to do with brother kept coming up, so he could be a friend. Do you have a brother, Rachel? I do not have a brother. Okay, so he could be brother or brother-like, if you know what I mean, okay? Because sometimes when I get brother, no, hang on, no, 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 let me go back, let me go back, hold on.
Yeah, I wonder if you wrote it, because he keeps pointing to your dad's family, okay? So yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Say it again? He was my dad's younger brother who was shot. Right, okay. He's pointing to your dad's family, and I got brother, 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 okay? Do you know what I mean? Okay. Yep. So so now I understand who he is, okay? And he's younger, do you know what I mean, okay? And he just keeps giving yes. me tragedy, tragic, 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 you know, okay? Um, one second. Um, somebody's trying to give me a J name like James John Joe. I'm getting a J name. One second. Um, John, Johnny. <laughs> Okay, the guy that I believe is the brother, he doesn't say very much. This could be in line with his character, do you know what I mean, okay? Like he's very dip-dip or kind of laid back, do you know what I mean? Because he's not saying a whole lot, okay? Um, second. Yeah. His name was Johnny. Okay, so that's uh, James on Joe. Okay, got us, okay? Um smiled at me to kind of uh, let the family know he's okay. And there seems to be... It seems to be it's almost like he's trying to show me a, a framed photograph of him on a wall somewhere, but it's a framed and it's on a wall. Yes. Okay. Yes. That he's bring he's bringing up this is very important. He likes it. Do you know I mean? Do you know? Do he ever have a motorbike or anything to do with motorbikes around him? Not that I'm aware. Okay. Does he keep showing me a motorbike? Okay. So. I wonder if that was linked to your dad or something. He keeps showing me a motorbike, okay? Um, I okay. want to go to your mother because your mother just beamed in, in front of my face as I was saying that real quick, okay? Um, okay. She's real emotional, so you're going to have to have to go slow, okay? Um, okay? Do you wear glasses, Rachel? I do sometimes, reading glasses. Yeah, because she showed me you with these glasses on, okay? Um, particularly at nighttime, she showed me that you seem to think about her. If you know what I mean? She showed me that she was behind you with her hand on her shoulder one night in a bedroom, but it's not at a bed. You have some kind of desk, some kind of table in the bedroom as well. Yes. Yes. Right. It was at that desk or table where she was putting her hands on her shoulder right behind you, okay? Um, she said she's sorry, but she's also trying to talk about a trip. So were you supposed to go on a trip just before she died, or was there some kind of trip planned? Yes. Right. Okay, hold on a second. Um She's laughing about a scarf, okay? So did your mom lose her hair? Yes. Right. She's laughing about putting a scarf or having to put something over her head. Do you understand what I mean, okay? <laughs> Second. Um, yes. She's also talking to me something to do about the British Isles. I don't know if she had British heritage here or something to do with the UK, Ireland, England. And second, um, it's something to do with that area she's talking to me about. Hold on. Um I don't feel your mom is that old because I keep feeling like 50s. Do you know what I mean? Something to do with a five, okay? Like an, um, something to do with a five for definitely. I can't get away from five. Hang on. Um, okay. She showed me um, her in a bed. Um, and... 
you were trying to help her in this bed and she's trying to say it's okay. So it's something that might be taken as a, taken as a little embarrassing. I'm, I'm trying to code it obviously for, for the, for the show. Okay. Um, yes. Where you were trying to help her and it might be embarrassing, et cetera. Okay. Um, yes. Now, she doesn't show me a dog, too, but it's not the same dog that was with the man earlier. It's a different dog, okay? This is kind of a smaller dog, and I can hear a jingle jangle, like a jingle, like it might have had a, a collar with with a, a jingly thing around a collar. Second, um, she said She's she wants a lot to of always turn back. Say it again, sorry. She had a lot of dogs. <laughs> yeah, this one is a smaller dog that I, I keep hearing this jingly call, like would have been very noisy, you know. Um, um, this dog is just following her around like they were best friends, you know. Um, I'm getting more of a male energy as well around this dog. Okay, in a second. Um, the, right after that, she kept telling me that she wanted – there's a younger picture of her that she wants that she wants you to remember her looking like. Okay, um, and I'm going to describe what I see in the picture. It's just your mom in the picture. Nobody else. Looks like she looks around the age of uh, late school or college. She looks young. Okay, um, and there's a it's, her hair is not long. I'm not seeing long, long hair. Okay. Um, it looks brown to me because I'm I, I'm kind of looking at a black and white type photograph. I'm not getting a lot of color, color in the photo, okay? Um, uh-huh. It looks kind of set in place. I can see it past the ears, but I cannot see it come down the shoulders, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And she's got her hands like they're, they're resting on her lap or something. It's a, to me, it's a very, like, uh, photograph that might have been taken in yearbook, or something to do with early college life, okay? Second, or that, around that age group, okay? Um, okay. She said you'll find it. If you don't know the photo, she show me a big box, okay, with there's a box with a lot of stuff in it, okay? Um, she's also going on about a bracelet. A bracelet. Um, hold on a second, let me find out what we're trying to say about the bracelet. Okay, your mother just showed me an object moving through the air looked like a car. Was anybody in a car accident? Not that I remember. Okay, so this. let me try to find out why why she showed me this. Hold on a second. She tried to give me two names. I don't know if it's Carol and Anne, because I felt like it was something to do with Carol Anne, or names that sound like that name. Could be one person or could be two different people. One second. Um, okay. Okay, I'm still seeing a car go through the air, a small car. I'm seeing a big truck, like an 18-wheeler, right in front of me. So... I want you to just write it down, okay? Um, okay. And see if there's anybody that your mom knew that might have went through that, okay? She's also okay. telling me there's a child with her. 
Is there any? Is there? She could show me a young child in front of her. Okay. Um, give me a line from a song now, so I don't know who she's referring to. But it's basically to say that I'm hoping that somebody will love you in the way I can't. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know if she's talking about you and your personal life or about her and her personal life. She hasn't told me who the line the song is for yet, okay? Okay. Are you studying again, Rachel, or thinking of studying again? I'm not. Okay, because your your mother showed me you with a notebook and stuff around you. There is something to do with some kind of new learning. Okay, so hold on. Um, is there a J-O name like Josh, Josh, Joshua around you? My sister's name is Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Okay, got it. Because I was getting J, Josh, Josh. Okay, got it. Okay. Because um, she's trying to draw me to this name. Is there what I mean? Okay. Um, uh, right after that, she showed me a lady in a car. Um, being very carefree, very happy in the direction that she's going. I'm wondering, is this your sister, okay? Um, is there a connection to Florida, to the family, Florida? Yes, yes. Okay, I know, I, okay, I know exactly who, okay, God, I know, I have, I know exactly who your mother is then. Okay, I got it. Um, <laughs> hold on. She's standing in front of me now with glasses on as well and lighter hair. I'm not seeing dark hair now, okay? Um, mm-hmm. She's pointing to tummy area. I'm not too sure if she's talking about your tummy or her tummy, okay? Her tummy. Um, her tummy, is that what you said? Yes, she has stomach cancer. Oh, pointing his tummy here and she's holding on to it. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Second. Okay, that explains that. Okay, second. She said she wants you to be happy. Okay. Um, she's lifted up one of the dogs that are with her now. It's a small dog, but a breed that would have to be groomed. Because I'm looking at the hair. I think that's a haircut this dog has. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, it kind of looks like a schnauzer. Did she ever have a schnauzer-looking dog? She had Pekingeses. Oh, Pekingeses. I'm trying to figure out what kind of dog is there, Jimmy. And they need yeah. to be groomed, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, because it was like this. I was looking, I was looking at this haircut. Like this dog has had his haircut. You know what I mean? Okay. Second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sometimes off in the definition of the, the breed. Sorry. Um, she showed me a, a, a small, um, it looks like a cupcake with a candle in it. So is there somebody's birthday or something coming up? 
My birthday is Wednesday. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> got it. There's a birthday coming up. Okay, great. It's great the way she showed us a little cupcake with one candle in it. It's great. <laughs> now, right after she's jangling on a ring, do you have, you have a ring from your mother? A ring? Um, not a so ring. I have, I have jewelry. Okay, now earlier on she talked about the bracelet. Now she's talking about a ring, but this is where she would have worn more than one ring on the same finger because she's shown more than one ring in the same finger. So it might have been um, rings that might have been connected to a marriage or some kind of relationship. And second, she's trying to, your mom is trying to bring up an F name with me now. F name, but I think it's F or like Fred, Frank, Frank, F or name. F, F name. So just go ahead and write it down and, and, and we'll get it. So one second. She just winked at me, so I know you'll get who she's talking about. So this is kind of funny. I'm thinking. Say it again, sorry. I'm trying to think. Mom, I can't okay, think. Okay, don't <laughs> She showed me that she was a very friendly lady and she knew a lot of, she actually knew, I, this is either an uncle or somebody is with her now. She just showed me a man coming right beside her with similar height and everything. Um, your uncle could be her brother. Does she have a brother crossed? She does not. Okay, this is odd because they're the same, they're similar age, do you know what I mean? Because I don't see much difference in the age, okay? Um, hmm. Yeah, do, uh, just go ahead and write down the man. I'll find out who the man is right beside her in a second. Okay. If I can jump in for just a moment, our actual the next Remember, caller that was in line okay, was actually no is Jocelyn. So, Jocelyn, no I believe it's your sister. <laughs> so, I just had my friend. Are we, is Jocelyn, are you also now on the line? I am. I am. Okay. Hey, so, hello. you and Rachel are sisters, correct? Yes, we are. Yes. We are. <laughs> okay. okay. This is good because you might be able to help if you're in a minute, because just as you were coming online, I went back to the very first man that I saw, okay? And he gave me a flash of a black and white photograph. He looked very kind of handsome was the first thing I pointed out. And he looked kind of a um, little bit rebellious like Jimmy Dean, if you know what I mean, because of the hair and stuff like that, okay? Um, definitely black and white. So his name could also be James as well. That could be a link in too. All that. Um, but I'm way after I'm getting Jr. for Junior. Hold on a second. Um, Jocelyn, you don't think it could be Justin, do you? Oh, he's a lot. Now, is Justin crossed over? I don't know that. Not, not that I know of. <laughs> Okay. He was her first love, though. Oh, the man that was standing with her could be that, because there was like they were similar age, you know what I mean, okay? And she put her arm around him, and I, I thought he was like, um, do you know what I mean? I didn't guess 
that they were married or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, okay. So um, I want to go back to the other man. Hmm. Okay. The other man is interesting. Okay. Um, You kids, you seem to be talking about Georgia for some reason. Okay, like the state of Georgia. Okay. Um, he just showed me a, a pickup truck. You know, did your grandfather or dad or anybody drive a pickup truck? Gosh, everybody in Georgia drives a pickup truck. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Um, so the this it was it was a it wasn't a very big one, if you know what I mean. Um, and there was something distinct about the color, okay, um, like it's blue hmm. or something like this. It was a distinct color. Um, hang on. He's not a city man. I'm more out of town because he had this hat on him. Fifties are kind of thing hat on him. He wears. Or clothes under um, hmm. I'm asking for more. Hold on a second. See me. There's some pictures of this man in a photograph with all of you, and you are the only kid. Do you think he's a granddad? Um. Hmm. I saw all of you as younger kids, and he's in the background. I knew he was around at that time. Huh. Okay, they took me back to the brother again. Um, I'm trying to understand if this is your dad's brother, or, because I think you said you don't have a brother. Was that correct? Correct. Right. I think they took me back to Dad's brother again. Hold on. Somebody had a little car that looks like a racing car or something because I just saw a number on the side of the car. Um, but I feel like I'm in the 50s or way back, you know what I mean, okay? Um Okay, your mother spun back around for a second. Hang on a second. Um, she said, I'm doing well. So your mother's kind of coming with short little sentences, okay? Um, she said she was very happy to go to Florida because she moved to Florida, is that right? Yes. She was very happy to go there. Okay, in a second. Only water... But it's more like a swimming pool and not the ocean. Hmm. Where does somebody have a swimming pool in their house? I'm looking at a pool that you showed me that's at a house. We did growing up. In Florida. You did growing up. Okay, got it. Got it. Because she showed me she's she showed me you're happy in this pool for some reason. Okay. Second. Mm-hmm. 
said right after that, thank you for the prayers, and she showed me her standing in a church. Okay. She's talking about her last moments now, and I believe she's in a bed, and something to do with her, and I'm going to try to be um, as okay with this as I can be, okay? Um, Her mouth looks like it's a little bit open, and she couldn't speak too well, and I know we're very close, okay? In a second... um, Spot on, actually. Spot on. And and I see something to do with her not being able to speak, but I see her trying to move her eyelids. Okay. Um, see her sit upright in the bed, and this is probably her spirit or her soul. Okay. And I heard Mama. So is Mom already gone? Yes, her mother's already passed. Right. So I heard her say, Mama. Okay? I saw her sit upright in the bed, and I heard her say, Mama. Okay? Hang on a second. And Daddy was behind. So she, I heard her saying, Daddy was behind Mama. A second. Um, and the J-O name, but I felt like somebody said Uncle Joe or something like that. Hang on a second. Um, Uncle Joe. Hmm. I saw your mom right after out of spirit, turn around at the end of the bed and ask, are they going to be okay? So going to be several people were around her bed when she took her last breath, okay? Maybe standing right beside her that says yes. But the unusual thing is I'm trying to understand if this, if I'm looking at an old fashioned nun's outfit fashion. Do you remember when the nurses used to wear those kind of headdress kind of things? Yes. Yes. Trying to figure out he is wearing an old fashioned nun's habit or a nurse's habit, if you know what I mean, okay? Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know who she is. She, your hmm. mom asked her, are they going to be okay? And she had a very small face and a very uh, long, but it's all white like. I can't see any black color at all. Everything is very, very light color. Um, I know you guys will figure it out. Hang on a second. Yeah, I'm writing it down. I don't have, I'm getting the word Bernadette. Bernadette. Wow. Okay. So I don't know where, where that, where the fits in, if 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 it's St. Bernadette that she's looking at or, or where the Bernadette comes in. Okay. Well, Yvonne, we are in after uh-huh. the last uh, four minutes of the show, so okay. um, I'm going to need to wind up this call here. Uh, Jocelyn and Rachel, thank you so much for listening this evening. And I, I had a feeling when I saw Jocelyn, I said, well, that's just way too random for it to be <laughs> an unconnected Jocelyn when you said that. So I'm glad we were able to have you both on the line together. That was quite uh, the first time that's ever happened. 
Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So, Yvonne, I've had um, three other callers, Tanette, Virginia, and Nicole. I thank you all for calling, and I'm going to reach out to you after the show to see if we can connect you um, at um, a different time to be able to get in touch with Yvonne. Um, And uh, Yvonne, do you have any gallery readings coming up in Atlanta anytime soon? And I would love to get you, uh, you do. When are you going to be doing a gallery? I'm doing one. It's actually July. I know that maybe doesn't seem that soon, but it's the last Saturday in July. Um, I believe it's the 28th. Um, I don't have my calendar in front of me, uh, but it's, um, it'll be in the afternoon at 2 o'clock. And I, everybody who comes to my gallery-style readings does get a reading. I only admit between up to 15 people. Okay. Well, we will definitely be sure to to share that date and details through the Vibrarian page. And um, we'll make sure that our listeners get out to that. And, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show this evening. And I, I just really enjoyed hearing about your life. And you gave me some valuable perspective, personally, I definitely will say. Is there any last words that you would want to say to our listening audience this evening as they go forward to experience their own psychic journey? Sure, absolutely. Um, I would say to people, always obey your intuition. Um, And recognize that as the weird feeling you get if you go job opportunity that you think is the perfect job yet something is going off in your tummy that you don't understand what it is um obey your intuition when you're if you're trying to buy a new house or to move someplace if you're not getting the heebie-jeebies or the kind of buzzy feeling or the all like happy-go-lucky feeling as you drive up and at the front door it's not the right place Always, always go with your feelings, not what's in front of you. Nothing is mm. ever what it seems. That's my final word. That's wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to remember that next time I'm in traffic and I hear that uh, voice say, get off the interstate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to... <laughs> there, there are, yeah, literally there are so many examples that you could give. I mean, I'll walk down that road, go this way. I mean, the other morning I was like, they told me, go to Starbucks. And I was like, but I have a coffee. You know, okay, I'll go to Starbucks. And I didn't think, I still doubted it. And I said, there'll be too many cars in this driveway. And the two cars didn't go to the drive-thru. They went and parked. I said, that's odd. So I went in and I met this wonderful guy and I got to give him some insightful information. So you never know. Mm -hmm. Follow the lead. And you'll never know where some wonderful things can happen to you. Well, Yvonne, thank you so much. This has been the Psychic Inside Show. 
and I'm so grateful for your time uh, listening this evening. And as I said, the three callers that we're holding, I will definitely reach out to you um, after the show to see if we can connect you for some uh, reading services. And uh, please sure. join me next week um, for the next episode of The Psychic Inside. It will be at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'm not sure who the guest will be, but it's always someone wonderful. And this week I wish you all of the blessings that you can possibly hold and that they spill out of your arms into those around you with total abundance, love, and joy. The light in me absolutely honors the light in you. Namaste. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.